Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Empire. Your sweat can tell you how you are really performing in real time. Or for whom the consequences of dehydration are particularly profound. And so we've just mentioned some of them um, right there. But as we think about that roadmap, it really starts with endurance sports continues to team sports, uh, military, and laborer segments. That's Meredith Cass, CEO of Nix Biosensors, a company taking biometrics and wearables to an entirely different level. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Meredith Cass is a former collegiate athlete turned endurance warrior. She also has a background in startups and emerging health technology. In Nix, she is hoping to build a company that offers real-time biometric information into the athlete's performance. Our guest this week is Meredith Cass, who's the founder and the CEO of Nix Biosensors, which is a company that is redefining how we manage our health by empowering consumers to access and understand and act on their personal biology at home through wearable technology. And we're going to talk about hydration in a very modern form. Hi, I'm good. How you doing? Okay, let's talk a little bit about um, hydration and wearable technology, which is what your company does. First, just give me the background of Nick's Biosensors. Why did you start this? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of dual purpose here. I, I come from the healthcare industry and am very familiar with the wealth of knowledge that we make available in proper settings of healthcare and just very frustrated by the limited amount of that information that's available to consumers. Um, so combine that with the fact that I was a collegiate basketball player turned endurance athlete who struggled with my own hydration. Um, that's really what got us kind of narrowed, uh, directly in on hydration as a place to start with our first application. Okay. And so tell me a little bit about the wearable technology. What does it look like? What's it feel like? How do you use it? So it's a patch form factor first and foremost, and it really consists of two parts. We have a disposable adhesive piece, which is just, um, attached to the body with kinesiology tapes. They're totally non-invasive, just sticks to the skin. And then clicked into that, we actually have a small electronic pod, which is a little bit smaller than probably the size of your watch face. So those get combined together physically, mechanically, and worn on the skin. So it's about two inches in diameter, the patch itself, um, and that's connected via Bluetooth to your phone or your sport watch um, or your bike computer. Okay. And is this, this is multi-use or is this a single-use wearable? So the patch itself is disposable. That yeah. part that's collecting the sweat and it sticks to the skin, that's single use just like a Band-Aid. But the electronic component that we call the pod is rechargeable and okay. you would use that okay. repeatedly. All right. Um, why did you land here, hydration? Why was that important to you to try to solve a problem with? Honestly, in addition to it being a problem that I've experienced personally myself, once we started the research on 
um, this specific use case. We just recognized how massive it is. And it's, you know, people have been trying to solve this problem of measuring hydration or supporting hydration strategy with a wearable for decades. And it's, you know, technology has finally gotten to a point where it's more affordable to be able to do that and scale it in a consumer segment. And candidly, the market itself has matured. Um, you know, we, we've now gotten to a point where athletes in particular, but consumers at large are measuring all sorts of uh, at sometimes random um, metrics about their, their health and wellness. And, you know, hydration really has become sort of the holy grail, kind of this last stop. Um, and for something that's so related to performance, we figured it was an important problem to solve up front. Okay, clearly, um, it is, you know, just tangentially and covering professional sports and then having kids that play youth sports. Um, hydration is a priority now. Practice regimens have changed. Everyone is forcing themselves to take water breaks. People, I think, seem to understand yeah. the necessity for it. But what you're kind of suggesting is we kind of personally don't know what we need. Is that what you're kind of suggesting here? Yeah. And for some that are maybe not athletes, that might sound a little bit strange that thirst isn't good enough, but there's actually a ton of really um, robust literature out there, most of which comes from the um, Soldier Research Center. It's actually here in Massachusetts where we're based. Um, that really shows that drinking to thirst is only going to prompt individuals to replenish about half of the fluids they've lost. And if your fluid losses are very small, then that that 50% error isn't that big a deal. But if you're an endurance athlete or you're a firefighter or, you know, a, a motorsports athlete or even a football player, and you guys are in sort of more extreme conditions, that 50% is actually really significant. I mean, so obviously here we're talking about the application for sports, but you've mentioned some industries outside of that. Now you look at this as something that could cross over to people who are in uh, like firefighting, maybe police officers, the military, that type of, of units. Without question, without question. I think for so many of these health and wellness technologies, the athlete is a natural place to start. They are um, folks that typically care more about their health and wellness. They have specific biometric um, data that would be really useful to them in training and in performance. But that is another reason why we thought um, hydration was such an interesting application because there is this very clear roadmap of segments um, of populations for whom hydration management is particularly challenging or for whom the consequences of dehydration are particularly profound. And so we've just mentioned some of them um, right there. But as we think about that roadmap, it really starts with endurance sports, continues to team sports, uh, military and laborer segments. Okay. Um, you are measuring sweat um, to come to the conclusions um, that the sensors will give to the user. Um, what did you find out in studying how someone sweats about how hydrated or dehydrated they may be? Yeah, a lot of surprises. First and foremost is that people have um, preconceived notions about how heavy or how salty a sweater they might be um, that can be very clearly proven or disproven um, within the data. The interesting findings being that um, we sweat really differently from day to day. And, you know, for a, for a, let's say a runner like myself who's trained for a marathon in Boston over the winter and leading into the spring, it's intuitive to think that when it's cold, um, and overcast versus hot and humid, you're going to experience different sweat rates. 
Um, but what we may not realize is actually our sweat composition is different on those two different days as well. So we've seen through the data, because no one's really been able to do this outside of a lab ever before, um, there's just fascinating insights that really support the need for thinking strategically about that hydration every single day. Okay. And the outcome of following the advice, which I want to get to from how the sensors give this information back is what recovery, endurance. How do you kind of look at the benefits of this? Yeah, it's mostly around performance because that's really the thing that's going to be impacted first and foremost. So as soon as you've lost 2% of your body mass in water, so let's say you're an you know, 150 pound person, you lose three pounds of fluids, you're already experiencing a performance impairment. And that can come before you even feel symptoms. Three pounds of fluids, by the way, may sound like a lot. Everyone might be thinking, I never lose that much sweat. That can actually happen in 30 to 45 minutes, depending huh. on what your sweat rate actually is. Like 30, 45 minutes doing what? Like running like a marathon or just working out in a gym? It could be either. And that's the crazy part. I mean, it's all about how much you sweat as an individual, what percent effort you're putting forth um, and the conditions that you're doing it in. I think I heard you use the word salty, too. What, what do you mean by that? Salty? <laughs> yeah, electrolyte content. So salt is by far uh, the most prevalent electrolyte in your sweat. It's about 50 percent of the electrolytes that are comprised there. Um, and for anyone that's done a, you know, particularly, um, you know, intense workout, sometimes you'll get those little salt streaks or salt, salt granules on the skin. Um, it's kind of a hallmark in the endurance segment in particular. But, um, but that, that concentration of your sweat varies really significantly. And what we don't think of now in a world where, you know, you go to the store and there's 800 different hydration beverages to choose from, um, each of them has a different electrolyte content you know, per ounce of fluid. So our data will actually tell you which of those beverages is best matched to your unique sweat profile. Oh, okay. All right. And um, I would assume here with, with many wearable technologies, and I want to ask you about wearable technology just in general, just to get your thoughts on it, but, but most of them can be worn just about anywhere. I have to assume that this one has to have specific locations. Is that, is that right? That is correct. And that is because our algorithms need to know where on the body it's placed. So the reality is, you know, what's appropriate for a runner in terms of placement on the body may not be the same body location that's appropriate for a football player or a firefighter. Um, so we can move the patch around on the body. Um, but again, the algorithms sort of are calculating what's happening locally where that patch is placed and extrapolating that to the full surface area of the body. And because we sweat very differently on different parts of the body, if you think about it, your your arm might sweat very differently from your lower back, for example. Um, we just tune our algorithms based on that location. So for the endurance segment, which is where we're getting started commercially, um, we do think about placement on the bicep, which is just an easy, easy spot to locate. Okay. So I have this thing on. It's connected to my phone. I'm running I've reached a certain point where I'm starting to feel it. What does it tell me in real time? So it's measuring that sweat every second and sending that data via Bluetooth um, in the base case to your phone, but you can also integrate that with your sport watch or, or your bike computer. And so what it's doing is then tallying your fluid and electrolyte losses moment by moment throughout that workout. That data that's being tallied in the app is really accumulating over time to say that you've lost two ounces, 12 ounces, 36 ounces. You can also set the app to send you notifications um, at intervals of your choosing. So for someone like me, I like to get notified every time I've lost four ounces. 
I'll get that notification, I'll drink those four ounces, and then continue on my workout to get another notification four ounces later. And whether that's four minutes or 14 minutes later just has everything to do with how quickly I'm sweating. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm about to make a bunch of beverage companies very happy. I want to go back to something you just said, because most people just assume when you need hydration, you drink water. But you had mentioned there are other things that might fit your personal profile and your information would send this back to the user. Can you explain that a little bit, how water is not the cure-all for hydration issues? Yeah. And, and the, I mean, water is the basis. Those fluids are the basis of the most critical part of rehydration. But there's a lot of literature showing that if you're drinking water with something else in it, for example, electrolytes, absorption of that fluid is going to be faster and more efficient. Um, the other consideration is we don't sweat water. We are sweating electrolytes. So we are losing those minerals. Um, as we're losing sweat. And if you're only replenishing water, you are actually putting yourself at risk of something called hyponatremia, which is a critically low level of salt um, in the blood. Hmm. Okay. Let me um, ask you just about wearable technology. Yours tests something, monitors something very specific. Um, Do you believe that this is kind of the direction that these technologies in general are going, getting more in-depth and personalized about your biometrics, if that's possible? Without question. And I think biometric is the key word that you just used there, which is to say we've done a lot to date with accelerometry and GPS and power measurements and things like that. The ability to now get um, electrochemical or molecular with these measurements is a major step forward in what we call the biosensing category of products. Um, and I think that really holds the key to even more interesting and more valuable, candidly, um, metrics as we go forward. And so as we go forward, do you anticipate that all of these technologies will find their way into one patch, one watch, one whatever? Because as we are, as we have these conversations with people like yourself and others that are in this field, they all do different things. And I'm not going to wear eight things, you know, when I go work out. So, so what happens down the road here? Yeah, I think they have to consolidate. And whether that means they're integrated from a software perspective or a physical product perspective, um, without question, there's got to be consolidation. I think the key, and this will be really interesting to observe, is that when you are taking any sort of um, electrochemical or molecular type of reading, you're usually doing that through a bodily fluid. And so that cannot be done necessarily from a wristband type device Um, it's really got to be done with something that has to either be sterilized or thrown away. 
So I personally think we're going to end up going in this direction where you've got this base uh, device, whether that's an Apple Watch or, you know, whatever that that base device is. And then you've got these peripheral test strips um, when you're doing more detailed health and wellness monitoring. Okay. Um, does this, I, I don't know if there is a, if there's an application for this, but um, so many wearables are also now um, monitoring sleep and how people are doing in that realm. Um, can you find out something by using your wearable when I sleep, how much I sweat, what changes with my body? Absolutely. And, you know, not even just with sleep, but, you know, there are a lot of circumstances where people are losing sweat and not just through physical activity. We also sweat for um, there's a whole other category of, of sweat glands um, called apocrine sweat glands, which are activated more when you're nervous. Think about like public <laughs> speaking or, or things that are more emotional. So you can think about it from that respect. Um, hot flashes, people that are sick, children when they're sick. But I mean, really what we're thinking about is the range of metrics that's available um, through sweat, even beyond hydration. And that category is massive from hormones to glucose to drugs of abuse, which are detectable through sweat, all the way to um, other metrics through other fluid samples, including saliva, tears, even breast milk. I, I have to tell you, though, if I was nervous public speaking and then the sensor was telling me I'm nervous while public speaking, I don't think that that would cure anything. <laughs> that, that may not be the top use case. I think you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last thing. Um, you have mentioned you were you know, an athlete. You played basketball in college. You're an endurance athlete as well. You also have a deep background in this field of healthcare as a venture capitalist and a venture creator. Could you kind of give us a little bit of your background, where you were and, and how you now landed to this spot with Nick's? Yeah, I've, most of my background, in fact, all of it has really been at this intersection between venture capital and venture creation. And in the Boston and New York areas, in early stage healthcare investing, a model that's gained a lot of popularity is, is what I'm calling this venture creation model, where those companies are really incubated internally. So I was very fortunate to um, have a hand in starting six companies before next, all on the healthcare side of the world. Um, and was given an opportunity to um, be an entrepreneur in residence at Harvard Business School, um, of which I also happen to be an alum, um, where I had a luxury that no entrepreneur ever has, which is 12 months of salary support and health insurance and a startup budget um, to really come up with a white space opportunity that I felt was um, really promising sort of in the, in the health and wellness world. And that's really what kind of gave birth to next with this, this larger vision that you started with of how do we take health and wellness data out of the healthcare setting and put that in consumers' hands on a day-to-day -day basis so that they can be empowered to make their own decisions um, about their health and wellness daily. Meredith Cass is the founder and the CEO of Nix Biosensors. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On the next Future Sport Podcast, with gambling going mainstream, companies are helping build the best engagement tools. And each state opens up and you get a mad rush from, um, from sports books and also from uh, local media to maximize the, the opportunity. Whereas when we look at other territories we operate in, in, in the more mature European markets, as an example, it, it's sort of an, an evolution rather than the burst of growth that you see in the States. That's Harry Von Baer, the U.S. CEO of Spotlight Sports Group. They're leading publishers into the information age to help grow audiences in this new content space. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.